0: Welcome everyone, I'm Bruce, I'm Greg, and I'm Casey. Together we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 15, The Benders, premiered on February 14th, 2006, directed by Peter Ellis and written by John Scheiben. We are... Natural
1: Natural friends.
2: Friends. Friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean. We're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Super natural friends. Super
1: natural friends.
0: Remember, spoilers ahead.
1: This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean investigate mysterious disappearances in Hibbing, Minnesota. Sam ends up being abducted himself, and Dean has to find him. As it turns out, it's just people. Just just people. A family of hunters, like the normal kind of hunters, has taken up hunting people for sport, unlike the normal kind of hunters. With the help of a cop, the boys escape and run out of town before the law catches up with them. So Sam and Dean have state trooper uniforms.
0: That yeah. was crazy. <laughs> Where have those been? been nice. Be a thousand other times that we could have used those.
1: They only work in Minnesota.
2: <laughs> we also found out during the scene that Dean is a Godzilla fan. Yeah. Uh, not of the remake, though. The originals.
1: <laughs> right. And are you guys Godzilla fans?
0: Yeah. I, I watched it when I was a kid. That's about all I got. Them all the time when I was a kid.
1: I don't know anything about Godzilla. I think I used to watch. Don't hate me for that. I'm not saying it's good, but I used to watch the cartoon Godzilla. Oh hell yeah! Very different than <laughs> the monster that is Godzilla. <laughs> but man, what a great TV show for a kid. Um, yeah, so I really didn't know anything about Godzilla or Mothra.
0: I remember I watched one where there was like a an evil Godzilla, or he was like a metal, a robot version or something. Mechagodzilla, yeah. Uh, I'm have to watch
1: all of these, so cool. There's so many. <laughs> oh really? All right, I'll watch the first.
2: No, watch them all. <laughs> Just... All right. So as they're leaving Evan's apartment, they are discussing that maybe Hibbing, Minnesota is the hunting grounds of a phantom attacker. And they mentioned specifically two things. A spring Jack and a Phantom Gasser. you he guys heard of either of those before?
1: I've heard of spring Jack. I'm pretty sure uh, on the last podcast on the left. But I don't remember it at all. And
2: definitely not the other one. So spring Jack is an urban legend originating in England during the 1800s. The spring Jack was said to have clawed hands and eyes of fire. His legendary status gained popularity between 1850 and 1880, as people became fascinated with his abilities to perform daring leaps and breathe blue and white flames of fire. And the Phantom Gasser, also known as the Mad Gasser, he uh, um, attacked by spraying, paralyzing, and nauseating gases into people's homes during the night. The victims were unable to move for approximately 40 minutes and extremely nauseous. The gasser was described as a man, or a woman dressed like a man, wearing all black and sprayed gas that smelled like flowers. The police received over a dozen calls in response to this attacker and at least 29 victims, who were predominantly female. The phantom gasser was never found.
1: That's terrifying. That's real. The real police reports.
2: Yeah, I think I saw, um, it might have been like the 1950s in Illinois. Huh. It's still, it's not known though if it was an actual person doing it. There's theories about, um, I think something smells coming from the sewage, um, maybe gas leaks, some other chemical stuff, or maybe it was actually a person doing it. But to this day, no one has any idea. Wow. So after Sam gets kidnapped, did you guys at all pay attention to the music that was playing as Dean was looking for him in the parking lot? I did. I absolutely did.
0: And I I questioned whether that was the music that was supposed to be there. Because, what, the, like, soft piano in the background or something? And, like,
2: the horns. The very campy, silly (laughs) horns. And this wasn't, like... This was composed music for the episode, so this wasn't replaced or anything. This was fully intended to be what was playing. That one?
1: like, Yeah. Okay. I did notice that. It's just,
2: it's so campy <laughs> and not at all like anything we've gotten before. It was, it felt very out of place to me. I think. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't fit the episode
0: or the scene I whatsoever. I think it doesn't
1: fit the show because I think you're right. It feels out no. of place, but on a movie, that type of music would go, not unnoticed, like it it would be there for me to take in, but it wouldn't be so jarring, but we're so used to this show all of a sudden in episode 15 they decided to have traditional horror style music, really weird just once, just for this one scene Just the only time in the episode wild mr jenkins is an old man name i don't know (laughs) i don't know where old men named jenkins come from if not growing up into adulthood but they're just it's an old man name
2: so that wasn't the actor who was originally cast to play alvin jenkins
1: was it an old man
2: i have no idea um the original actor got caught in a snowstorm on his way to location to film and he wasn't going to be able to make it so they hired that guy the night before
1: <laughs> I I don't like to to bash on actors too much but I I did get this feeling when he was talking to Sam in the cages as like, like comparing the actors he was he was not up to uh Jared's level like I don't know why I just got this feeling of like you're delivering the lines, I guess. Yeah. And he was kind of a dick, right? <laughs> as, as a character?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he was. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll see you later, Sam. Sammy. I'll go get help. Sammy. <laughs> so after Sam goes missing, Dean heads to the local police station, pretends to be a detective, Greg Washington, and tries to enlist help from an officer there. When you guys saw this officer, did you... Did you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I said, hey, who is that?
2: That's right, it's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured in this week's episode of Supernatural. First up, we have our vigilante officer, Kathleen. Is it a first name? Is it a last name? We'll never know. She was played by Jessica Steen.
0: Hey, who is that?
2: I need one of you to be able to identify who Jessica Steen is, please. Like, without? I have no idea who that can is. I, without using IMDb? Yes. Come on. The cop
1: that you started at the whole episode. Can I... Can, I, can You had to recognize can her. I, can I watch some scenes with her on Netflix without using IMDb? Yes. Real quick. Hold on, I got this. I'll save us proofs.
2: If one of you can't get this, I might have to quit this podcast. <laughs> oh my god, what
0: she's was she a cop in another episode no
1: i just don't know
0: bruce is trying
2: i have no idea guys it's sarah barnes from smart house (laughs) 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 all right i feel a little better
1: (laughs) that's a great great movie i just man i was not gonna pull that out come on smart house you know smart house
2: it's uh I was so excited when I saw her on this episode. You immediately
1: pulled that out of your memory banks, huh? You oh, saw her and you said, oh, oh, smart house. You're like that Leo smart DiCaprio house.
2: meme. <laughs> <laughs> She's been to some other stuff, but, you know, that, that was the most important smart house. Great flick. Everyone watch it now. It's on Disney+. Plus. So next up, we're going to look at the creepy, creepy Missy Bender. Played by Alexia Fast.
1: Hey, who is that?
2: You might know Alexia from The 4400 playing Lindsay Hammond, maybe Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, the TV show, or maybe even from her Season 7 appearance on Supernatural playing a completely different character. <laughs> Bruce, this one's for you. you saving the most exciting for last year. Ooh. Lee Bender, played by Sean Reese.
0: Oh my god, who is that?
2: Bruce, did you recognize him at all?
0: Nah, I don't recognize people at all.
2: (laughs) Well, what if I told you? We finally have one. (gasps) If I'm remembering right, this is our first reappearance of an actor. So Sean Reese played Lee Bender, who was one of the sons in this episode. And he also played the tall deputy on episode 12, Faith.
1: Yeah, so close together too. How could yeah. we miss that?
2: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. See you next time on. Hey, <laughs> who is that? So while we are at the police department, Sheriff saw, I don't know, what is this? The police department? We'll call it the police department. While we're there, yeah. Dean is getting Officer Kathleen to look into Sam Winchester and pulls up a file on Dean Winchester. Where we see that he's dead and accused of murder, but we get a date that he died.
1: Oh, I missed that. What's the date? Hmm.
2: The date of Dean's death is March 7th, 2006. Huh.
1: And that, oh man, that was way back for Skin, <laughs> which was like.
2: If you guys remember, the timeline that we were talking about had us in December. For Skin? Yeah. 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 You know we've said it before and I'll say it again, but this timeline's
0: Sure is.
2: (laughs) I was just really
0: excited that they brought up um, his death in general. I think I predicted back when this happened that it was probably just never going to be even brought up Mm -hmm. again, and the fact that they went back and referenced this was pretty exciting. Like because like when you die, that's a that's a big deal. That's going to (laughs) come back. He's not voting anytime soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys notice the camper in the first disappearance?
2: No, no, notice the The camper
1: when um Jenkins goes miss or when he's like swiped under the car. Oh no, was it there? Yeah, there's a camper in the parking lot, and like oh
2: damn, uh, that's cool.
1: I just happened to notice it too, and like I'm sure part of it is having seen this episode 15 years ago, but um. No, I just happened to like take note of it in the first scene, and then it turned out to be a clue. I was like, "Oh,
0: neat!" Dean and uh, Lady Cop um, were riding. Her name is in Officer her- Kathleen.
2: Smart House. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be fine if you call her Smart House. Dean and Smart House uh, were on their way um, to check out, um, just to see if they could find Sam, and uh, they had a really cool. Uh, conversation with one another and he was sitting there talking to her defending himself on why he was able to go after she calls
2: him out right I might be getting my conversations because they rode in that that car a lot she calls him out about um, him not actually being Greg Washington yeah Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and he like basically pleads with her you know saying the reason why he's doing this because he cares about him so much and I enjoyed the whole like personal responsibility thing um about him pulling him from the fire and that he's always kind of pulled him from the fire um we've touched on this but i don't know if he's actually ever come out and said that he feels a personal responsibility for him like we've implied it many times but i don't know if he's ever actually admitted it up until this point i don't think so i mean obviously it could be him just i mean they say things to people all the time but i think that
2: one was meant to be much more genuine than his usual one felt like a really genuine moment for dean to connect with someone and i've did find it funny, though, that um, Dean never had to tell her who he actually was, (laughs) and that she just still thought that he was Sam's cousin.
1: Yeah. Hey, you're not Gregory Washington. Yeah. You're not Gregory Washington. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man. I don't need your real name. And then we got to play my favorite game again.
1: Hey, who is that? No, 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 no. That's right.
2: It's up. (laughs) <laughs> What's your favorite
1: dead or divorced dead or divorced <laughs>
2: oh okay. man so just to recap for any of our new listeners uh, dead or divorced is a game you get to play whenever someone stares longingly at a picture they have of themselves and someone else <laughs> um, <laughs> there's also a subcategory that goes along with dead or divorced it's really fun so, married? <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> Um, so you have dead or divorced and in this one, you know, I I was really leaning towards dead and then you play, you try to quickly play the sub game of, um, brother or husband. (laughs) (laughs) I lost this one. I said brother (laughs) or I said husband.
1: I, that's the thing. I, I thought husband too, because yeah, it just felt like a husband scenario. Um.
0: I feel like that because that's the obvious choice. Like, yeah. you know, her her late spouse. No, it's her brother. I don't yeah. know. Or even like her father would have made more sense. Like, well, you
1: know, age but, wise, but yeah, like that setup. Would yeah, yeah, yeah just, just <laughs> um, yeah. So in this case, I'm glad he's dead because divorce would be really uh, for her brother. It'd be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrible cop, though. Criminals are good liars. And, like, not all good liars are criminals, but, like, criminals are good liars. So, when, some, when you've caught someone in a lie, and then they continue to tell you a sob story, he could either be telling the truth, which he was, or he could just be a criminal continuing to lie. And... She allowed him to tag along with the investigation for no particular, he's clearly a civilian, um, all the way up until the point where he would actually be useful, in which case she handcuffed him to a car, which also, even for a sheriff's department or regular cops or whatever, is this, don't they normally have a partner system, a buddy system, (laughs) so that you don't go to the house alone? And get whacked in the head with a shovel.
2: Not always.
1: Okay.
0: I've been into a house where there's just one cop. Oh, okay. Yeah. I imagine depending on this, what you're
1: investigating
2: yeah. is usually. Yeah, and the size of your department.
1: I guess, but I just I don't know. They're there, mm. they're they're they're
0: the one instance I'm thinking of. There was supposed to be two. They called it. Aha. Uh-huh now i'm questioning myself that was state police though
1: but there's there's a they're investigating disappearances likely murders and she finds a house that could potentially be their suspect and she goes it alone doesn't even take the civilian that she has with her
0: i feel like number one i think it's definitely supposed to indicate that it is a small town at that point like there's not that many people to go out and check things like that that's probably why the disappearances in general got kind of overlooked anyway um you know because they went out they checked nothing they didn't find anything so they went on um but as well i think she was almost going rogue a little bit Mm -hmm. In my head, like, she couldn't tell other people because she's letting Dean kind of tag along oh, okay. and do things she's not supposed to be doing. Like shooting a guy. Because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because of this vendetta for her brother. Um, so uh, maybe maybe that's what they were going for. Also, you don't have to pay other actors. So <laughs> that probably helps. What do you guys think of the whole setup of this r- redneck family? Just in general, like them going out, finding someone, you know, caging them for days and giving them one meal a day, which I couldn't figure out what that was. Is it just like to keep them alive, but not, you know, and then hunting them for sport. The hunting for sport was an interesting take on it. Um, I don't know. It was just a,
2: I feel like I've seen that in something else. Dangerous game. Yeah. Mm. Um, So I have a theory about that food Mm. that they were feeding him what's your theory i'm pretty sure they were feeding him people
1: oh god uh, that's terrible
2: that's definitely what they're doing <laughs> so from like the food looked weird first of all the brief glimpse we get at it and then when we see the scene of paw sawing something in the kitchen mm-hmm. that combined with like the jaw chimes and the te- the jar of teeth Gave me a real cannibal vibe, man. I didn't put that together.
0: I mean, they were definitely eating their kills. Like, what, there's no other reason to
2: butcher yeah, your absolutely. body. So, <laughs> gross. Yeah. Um, but Bruce, this whole setup, um, is actually surprisingly inspired by truth. Do you want to hear the story of where the inspiration for this episode came from?
0: Okay, because right, I'm curious. Because I thought I knew. You can go ahead though.
2: So this episode seems to be mostly inspired by the Bloody Benders. The Bloody Benders were a family of serial killers that lived and operated in Labette County, Kansas between 1869 and 1873, where they used a section of their house as an inn on the Great Osage Trail, which at the time was the only open road for traveling west. So the Bender family was made up of John Bender, also known as Pa, Elvira Bender, John Bender Jr., and Kate Bender. He was a self-proclaimed psychic and healer. Whenever a guest would stay at the Bender's Inn, they would be offered a seat of honor at the dining table which positioned them over a trap door with their backs to a curtain. Kate had the job of distracting the guest, while John Bender, or his son, would come out from behind the curtain and hit their victim on the right side of the head with a hammer. Their throat would then be cut by one of the women. The body would be dropped through the trapdoor to a cellar where it would be stripped and hidden until it was time to bury it somewhere on the property, most likely in the orchard. The benders are said to be responsible for the deaths of up to 20 travelers. The victims varied greatly in wealth, which leads many to think that the benders killed simply for the fun of it.
1: Crazy. That is long before the concept of a serial killer... That we even have a term for serial killer yeah man now that i know it's based on real life this episode is a little bit cooler <laughs> but I, I wasn't a fan i don't know no, no i um <laughs> part of it is um it's got this like purposefully creepy aesthetic that is so purposeful it's campy and it reminded me I don't really remember the movie, but um either movie, uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Devil's Rejects of like just these weird people who are weird for the sake of being weird for the movie. And you know, even though it's based on real life, I I bet that the Benders looked like a normal family. Um, for the inn, you know, when people showed up they probably seemed normal and i don't know why i just i wasn't a fan of the aesthetic at least
2: um bruce what did you want to say about the benders
0: uh it was completely off <laughs> um just a fun fact there was a i read a comic book or not a comic book a hiking book and um it was talking about this like abandoned not abandoned but isolated town in like west virginia or something like that they were so far isolated that they didn't have outside communication up until like Nineteen like eighty, they when everybody came in, they were all like, um, they were literally like deformed and stuff, and they had to like come in and take like all the kids away basically because they were so like, you know, not healthy because of everything. Oh so I thought that, and I think that that inspired something. I, inspired, I thought that inspired Deliverance. Uh, maybe it was Wrong Turn. It was something, but it's actually really cool to read about. Like it's because it was so remote that just nobody found it. <laughs> I couldn't find the exact. Story about it. I only read it in a book one time when a guy was hiking.
2: <laughs> he, I guess he was near where it was. Well, you know, like Dean said, the usual playmates have rules. They have patterns. With people, they're just crazy.
0: And then I like how he says it again <laughs> to like emphasize that you know, people are people are definitely crazy. <laughs> How'd you guys like Missy? So it's creepy. Because there's a little girl, that does imply that there was a mother. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that makes the story even crazier because you can go through a thousand different like, oh, her mother could have died or (laughs) she was one of the victims or they just killed her because they were bored. Like there's I I want the backstory on this mom.
2: (laughs) Or the girl was just abducted. Um, Bruce, have you ever seen the X-Files episode home? No. Greg, you remember it? No. So as we know, there's a lot of relation between Supernatural and the X-Files. Our good friend Kim Manners actually directed the episode, Home. Um, but Home was an episode about them investigating Home Pennsylvania. So it's called Home. <laughs> there was weird stuff going on there, and it turned out to be this inbred family that was... Um, like attacking and killing people. So it was an, another example of, instead of something paranormal, it's just people. Um, and in that show... Ugh, you really never saw this one?
1: <laughs> I probably did. I I watched so much of the X Files, but I don't well, remember any of it.
2: All right, spoilers if you're planning a rewatch. Um, in that show, there did turn out to be a mother. She was still alive. Um... Except she, which I'm pretty sure she had no arms or legs, and she oh, she man. had given herself to her children to oh. procreate.
1: Oh God! Whoa!
2: It's, how do you write so that? that much yeah, <laughs> that <episode> was wild.
0: <laughs> I've never watched X Files.
1: It's really good though. <laughs> when we get some traction, Bruce, that'll that's be like, our, our next spinoff when we can all quit our like day. That's what
2: genomes. I need to watch now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I hope it's not another example of that.
1: I think that's exactly what it was, you know.
2: That sounds like what it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, messed up.
2: She did say mom's dead though,
0: but I mean, that girl <laughs> was. Just... <laughs> Gone. She was pretty gone, let's be honest. (laughs) I really liked her. I
2: think she was... Uh, She might have been my favorite part of the episode. She was just so creepy, and that um, actress, I think, did a great job with the role, which is really embodying that, like, something's wrong with this girl vibe, and then having fun with just what's going on around her instead of being scared of it or anything.
1: Definitely. Like when
2: she tells Officer Kathleen... That's going to hurt.
0: <laughs> After
2: the creepy smile. Yeah. <laughs> when she throws that knife at Dean. Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Did she get him in that? I, I, I watched it a couple times to see. And I if think it, he goes, ah. He pinned but. his jacket
2: to the wall, I think. Okay. I
0: couldn't catch what yeah. was happening for some reason.
2: Oh, whenever Dean's tied up in the chair, which was weird because normally it's Sam. Um, Dean's getting the whole story from the benders because they were just being really generous. They tell Dean that they only do it once or twice a year so they don't get caught. And it just reminded me of Faith whenever um, he's only supposed to heal someone like every three or four months. And we saw like, what, three in a week? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and... In this episode, they're only supposed to kill, kill one or two people a year, and we see Sam and Alvin in cages at the same time.
0: Oh yeah, like back-to-back days, basically.
1: It's also interesting that these guys are good at what they do for the longest time, and that when Sam goes missing, then, then the police work just happens to lead to finding them, where... No one has ever put together this same truck with the same camper. Has been at every crime scene. And the, the, as soon as Sam gets involved and goes missing, oh, we find him. There's this concept in writing fiction that it's like the you can believe the impossible, like something made up. But you, it's much harder to believe the improbable. And so that's why it like really gets to me of like. What are the odds that after how many years they've had people go missing, including this cop's brother, that when Sam happens to go missing, oh, well, they they immediately found the breadcrumb
2: trail? I believe your frustration comes from, what is it? I think it's a Pixar story writing rule. What's that? You can use a coincidence to get your protagonist into a problem, but not out of one. Ooh,
1: yeah. There you go. That, oh, that's. It's a much more succinct way to describe what I'm feeling.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you're right, it did kind of seem like it, it just fell together for them in this episode. At least finding like finding this house kind of just fell right into their lap.
1: Yeah, they caught on so quickly. I thought it was going to be Dean and the cop doing their best to find him and like having a really hard time. And then Sam on his end like figuring out a way to... When he was pulling on that thing, I thought he was going to figure out a way out. Like he's just that resourceful, you know. And then maybe they would meet meet up somewhere in the middle. But no, they just up and found him real quick.
0: We were talking about Dean in the in the chair. Um, they did another eye thing. Um, with paw had the uh, the like uh, poker. F- I forgot what they're called what is it poker. the fire
2: poker is red poker. hot poker but
0: they had the yeah, yeah, I thought there was a better term for that. But they had the fi- they had the fire poker, um, and it was all glowing, and he got so close to his eye again. And I was like, they're just into this like, <laughs> this make you cringe from getting stuff close to your eye thing.
1: I thought it was interesting, and i I think the right choice that uh, they were telling him to pick the next hunt, and he picked Sam. Yeah, I th-
0: I thought I thought that was gonna be a, m- a more moral development, moral yeah. dilemma.
1: I mean, it kind of was, but it was just immediately like, "No, nah, definitely, pick Sam. He has a fighting chance." Um, <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was cool because just that, like Dean knows that he has a fighting chance. Which...
2: At this part, I felt a little conflicted. So, part of me wanted to see Sam let free and see the whole thing of Sam being hunted mm. and fighting back and getting them. But then the other other part of me really liked the idea of paw bender not being that stupid and just like no just go kill them oh yeah why, why mess around just kill them he he definitely
1: gave credence to uh, the fact that they haven't gotten caught so far is like no nah, we gotta clean up and, and get out of here that was really smart
2: but Sam's able to get away by th- throwing a bracket
1: Chekhov's bracket
2: Chekhov's bracket <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> throwing a bracket after the guy Felt the need to open this gate, open the cage to shoot a guy. I'm not gonna <laughs> I don't think about this stuff a lot, but you can kill a person inside a cage without opening it. <laughs> it's really easy.
2: <laughs> you know you don't have to open it, right? <laughs> hey man, I've done this before. You could just <laughs> stick the barrel right through those bars.
1: Look how small that barrel is. Um and then yeah, check out bracket, which was the I think the most annoying Chekhov's item in this show so far? Sam made such a reduction out of pulling it down the the wire thing, and I thought there was going to be more to that. And it's just like, oh, what is it? A bracket, and it's, just, it's such a weird conversation to make sure that the watcher that the viewer knows, oh, this, he now has a bracket. Ha ha ha, now I have a bracket. Um, It's really dumb.
0: It was so odd too, because you're like, well, that's very weird. Like, I feel like he could have used that in a more creative way (laughs) later on, rather than just like chucking it at the guy. I don't know. Like, because you're like, what's he going to do with that? And you're like, all right, that's what he's going to do with that. He's just going to throw it at him.
2: (laughs) Sam throws the bracket, and it causes the Bender brother to shoot his rifle. In the air, missing Sam. And then, after one gunshot, Paw Bender gets nervous?
1: There were two, I
2: think. Well, still, he, ex- but yeah, but he expected two to people two. to die, yeah. Yeah. I agree,
1: that was a little off.
2: That threw me off a little bit, but then we get the setup of the other brother and Paw leaving Dean, and just leaving Dean behind with Missy. Yeah. And, you think and this I thought we were... I thought there was going to be more to that. We were going to get to see Dean either like try to talk Missy down, try to play to her innocent childlike spirit, or I don't know, maybe just try to beat her up. But instead we just never see her again because as violent as this episode is, we draw the line at hitting a child.
1: <laughs> yeah. It must've been cut for time. It had to have been because they made such a point of leap. Well, setting that up and then i mean especially for her character i can only imagine when shit started hitting the fan that she would like attempt to attack dean in some way or or you know like hold him hostage so sam started with a bracket and then he really leveled up with his weapons because he has a gun oh wait just kidding the gun broke that was frustrating I really wanted to see Sam just have a gun wielding a gun and shooting in self defense
2: so I really thought this was going to be the episode where we get to see Dean play out his apparent fantasy of killing a human being yeah do you think
0: Dean killed the little girl?
2: well Sam said she's locked in a closet so Uh, Sam wouldn't lie about that (laughs) Officer Kathleen lets them go walks inside to find just a dead girl (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think I really think this climax would have been more fun and interesting if Sam had a gun. I can understand not wanting to get into a shootout uh as part of the plot cuz you also once you open that door like you can't close it like if your show starts having shootouts you're just going to start having them more and more often.
2: I think it's still like we're hinging on the whole we don't kill humans.
1: It but but again it turns into uh, the plot just happened to set it up nicely that they didn't have to make the choice. Like, oh, he doesn't have a weapon to kill a human. It's really frustrating. Yeah, and I
2: think it would like, be even more frustrating if he did have a gun and didn't, didn't kill <laughs> Yeah,
1: <laughs> or, or had a gun and shot everyone non-lethally.
2: <laughs> I really liked how like quickly Sam and Dean were just able to revert to their banter at the end of it. Like, yeah, we were just getting shot at. We're barely getting away with our freedom because this... Officer's not going to make us get arrested. Now let's just make fun of each other.
1: Yeah, this officer just committed murder. Yeah, I was just kidnapped. (laughs) Let's just get back to the way things used to be.
0: There's a really weird ending where she kills him and then we just kind of don't... She lies about it and we go on our way. Like I
1: I think these types of questions would be more interesting for the boys. And so they, they used a side character which just doesn't have as... Much of an impact. You could totally understand wanting to kill the guy um, who killed your brother. It is interesting she, <laughs> she's like you in particular. Bam, you're dead. We'll take these other two in custody. <laughs> <laughs> um We only have two cages.
0: How did you think about that?
1: <laughs> so I, I like the setup. It just is, is kind of. I don't know. I. I don't want her to massacre all three of them, but um, I, I don't have an answer for it. But
0: um, while they're having that conversation at the end, um, when they're talking about when he's dead and she's like, uh, and like they're all they've all got caught and there's kind of justice for her brother, she brings up the fact that she thought it'd be easier once she knew the truth about it, and I thought that was a little bit of a foreshadowing of uh this, this season finale um i assume <laughs> um <laughs> when we finally find sam's uh girlfriend's killer i don't think it's gonna make much difference whether we defeat it or what or not because it's not gonna change the fact that she's gone or whatnot for sam there's gonna be a bunch of internal conflict for him for sure Good call, i think Bruce. once we get to that point Damn.
1: that's that's really good Every week I'm reminded that I'm a simpleton because I have seen this before and did not pick up on that.
2: Bruce, can I also say that I love that when you refer to this killer <laughs> that it's always specifically Sam's girlfriend and <laughs> their mom. <laughs> it
1: was 20 years well, ago. Mom, get over Right?
0: <laughs> we don't know for sure if it's the same one. <laughs> you know what? Fair
1: <laughs> reviews i am giving this episode a five rednecks out of ten woof yeah it's um well to start it's a it's a filler episode um so automatically it, it doesn't gain points for the for the overall plot i was looking forward to them running into human monsters and for some reason i was disappointed with what we got this week like i said it it very much reminded me of devils rejects and texas chainsaw massacre which once again i don't remember the movie so maybe i'm wrong but it gave me those vibes of everything was creepy for the sake of being creepy which only works in movies that are designed that way not a one off episode of this show it's much like the music at the beginning did not match because it's not what this show does. I did not like a lot of the plot developments. Pretty much pretty much everything that moved the plot forward made me mad. So the fact that they were hot on Sam's trail because Dean is such a good fake cop that he found the trail that no other cop could with all these disappearances. Um. The fact that the cop helped Dean when she had no reason to. Um, the fact that she handcuffed him to the car uh, at the point when he finally could help. All these things like led me to just not really like the episode. And any review past five is you should at least watch it. So right on the fence of uh, you could take it or leave it. I'm giving it five rednecks out of ten.
0: Uh, I'm not giving much better. Um, I'm going with a six out of 10 um, murderous uh, rednecks. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go. Um, I really enjoyed some of the action scenes um, at the end, you know our fight um, with the gun. Um, uh, it felt a little bit more than our really quick climax that we've had in the past where you know it gets really intense and then we die off in the last five minutes um so that just seemed a little bit more action-packed i enjoyed that we played around with the villains in this being inherently evil there was no backstory to why they were um why they were doing this it was just fun they just enjoyed killing people um so it kind of was it was neat to see just something that was just evil in its own right um yeah, like you said, there's there's not much more to this episode um, other than this story, which was kind of okay on its own, 6 out of 10
2: murderous rednecks. So, continuing the trend, I give this episode a 7 murderous rednecks out of 10. Craig, I know you. I joined you in making fun of this episode, but... Um, I like overall I really did enjoy this episode. I enjoy the change of pace with the monsters. It's not another vengeful spirit. It's um not something that they've dealt with before. It's actual humans, which was cool. I wasn't bothered by the plot developments that were happening in the episode. Um I just kind of liked being along for the ride. I thought our guest actor with Officer Kathleen was above par for what we normally see. Um, so I enjoyed her a lot. Um, and just like with the scare, yeah, just like with the Scarecrow episode, I enjoyed Dean being able to show how, that he's competent without Sam around and Sam also being competent and trying to figure out a way for him to escape. Like Sam almost had no idea. Sam was not helped at all by Dean to get himself out of the situation. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So both of the brothers were able to show that they are competent on their own. They don't need each other, but as we know, they are better together. Um, And Bruce, like you said, there there was a little bit maybe of foreshadowing for the future. And we touched on some elements that happened in the past with Dean's death and accusations of murder. So it wasn't completely disconnected from what we've seen before. Um, Overall, for me, this felt like a episode that happened earlier in the season where we weren't getting a lot of overall plot development, it was very much an isolated episode. Um, And no, it's not the best episode that we've seen, but I think we've been spoiled lately between overall plot episodes or high-quality filler episodes. And now we're back to something that's more on par with Wendigo or Dead in the Water. Which, for me, I think this ranks around the same with uh, seven murderous rednecks out of ten.
1: Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 1, Episode 15, Shadow. The boys investigate a mysterious death in Chicago.
0: So specifically on that episode, um, my predictions are, if it's titled Shadow, um, I'm thinking something literally is in a shadow. Like, anywhere there's shadows, there's something going on i'm thinking doctor who you know Never whatever
1: yeah
0: yeah all those shadow monsters yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so there's something gonna be lurking in the shadows and um we'll be going after that um the fact that it's um placed in chicago makes me interested we will get a good pizza scene who knows um you know, my typical predictions still stand. Episode 20, we are meeting Dad. Um, episode 22, we are defeating um, whatever is controlling um, this season. Particularly what we found out in this episode, uh, the realization that it's that the cop thought it'd be easier once she knew the truth about her brother. Um, like I said before, um, I'm predicting that Sam is going to find the killer, um, maybe defeat, but there's not going to be that feeling of, um, you know, calm again. Um, so what that is going to do is going to drive us to go into the next season because right now Sam's only motivation really is to find the killer and find dad. If those two things happen, Sam doesn't really have any motivation to continue on doing this other than going back, you know? Um, so that whole, um, you know, guilt that he's going to continue have is going to make him continue wanting to hunt, save people and kill monsters, something like that. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at naturalfriendspodcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for your continued support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are
1: Natural, Natural
0: Friends. 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 Super na- so this is uh the uh valentine's day episode oh. for all you lovers out there <laughs> nothing says i love you like uh murderous uh rednecks huh <laughs>